Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of Alligator Preserves, and today's episode is called Don't Forget the Dog. I've been away for several weeks, and I do appreciate your patience out there waiting for my next episode with bated breath, I'm sure. And the reason that I've been off the air for a while is because we have moved. Actually, we're still in the process of moving from Leadville, Colorado to Salida, Colorado, just down the road. So stay tuned for this piece. It talks a little bit about our move, but I have to give a spoiler alert here because it's about our dog ranger and it's sad. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic, because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. I wrote this piece on July 3rd. Here goes. Tears spring from my eyes when our realtor plants the for sale sign in the front yard of our Leadville home, where we have lived for 12 years, longer than we've lived anywhere else. It surprises me. After all, I was ready to run away from here five years ago in search of warmer temps and more oxygen. But I stayed reacquainted myself with the brutal beauty of this mountain town, and Ranger entered our lives via my friend Stacy, who sent us a shelter photo of him that melted my heart. Ranger knows something's up. He whines whenever I carry another box out to the car. He clearly doesn't like change, perhaps because there were too many changes in the first three years of his life before he was ours. Maybe he's thinking that if things disappear from our home, he may be next. Don't forget the dog, my friend Carol says this to me when I take a break from packing to visit over tea. When Ranger looks at me, placing one paw on my lap, that's exactly what his eyes are saying. Carol and I laugh. It's easy to put words into our fur baby's mouths. Don't worry, I won't forget you. I rub his ears, and he's happy for the moment, until Carol leaves, and I move the next box. I take him to the new house and walk him around the property. He finds an acceptable place to leave his mark, and then we head down the road, to check out our future morning walk routine. He walks slower lately. He's only eight and a half years old, if we can believe the people at the shelter. And I worry about the disease that took our first German shepherd, Gunther. Degenerative myelopathy. Awful. I also worry about the spiral staircase in our new home, but Carol finds a perfect child gate at a garage sale. He won't have to do those stairs. Ranger follows me wherever I go, reminding me of his presence when I'm distracted by what to put in which box and when I vacuum the carpets yet again before leaving the house for another trip south. The don't-forget-the-dog line 
becomes a comic refrain. We bring him with us for our first sleepover in the new house, knowing Mike has an early morning meeting the next day. Ranger rides with me and doesn't complain at all during the hour-long trip. Before offloading our vehicles, Mike takes him for another walk while I prep something for us to eat and set up Ranger's new bed in our room. The child gate is up, but we don't think he'll even be tempted to climb the stairs. He starts to whine almost as soon as we get in bed. Lie down, I say, knowing he's stressed by the newness of everything. I get up and sit by his bed, patting it encouragingly. Instead of lying down, however, he paces and appears to be trying to regurgitate something. Great, says Mike. What could he have gotten into? Ranger has behaved similarly several times over the past few years, and we've never been able to determine what he's gotten into. A nasty old bone he's hidden under the deck, maybe. And he always eventually settles down. This time, however, his distress escalates, and it's very late at night. I call our veterinarian, but there's no emergency service. A kind friend provides the number for another ER vet, who calls back almost immediately. I explain Ranger's symptoms, and she tells me it sounds like gastric torsion. This would be worse than awful. But he's done this before and been fine, I tell her, and she explains that partial torsion can occur and resolve. The closest emergency center is two hours away. If this doesn't resolve, she tells me he likely wouldn't make the trip anyway. She prepares me for what she believes is inevitable. I tell Mike the news, and we both believe Ranger will bounce back as he always has. You get some sleep. I'll stay with him. It's after midnight, and now I'm worried about Mike's early morning travel. I close the bedroom door and bring a pillow out to lie by Ranger's side. He's up and down and accepts my petting until he doesn't. His panting increases, and although I don't know if I should, I bring him water. He drinks a little bit and paces and paces. He flops down by me, exhausted. I'm exhausted just listening to his panting. At 1.15 a.m., he tries to stand I try to help him, but our efforts are futile. He falls against me, and I watch as he's released from his agony. Our first official act on our new property is to bury our beautiful dog. Our son Nick's girlfriend, Kelly, helps me gather stones as Nick and Mike dig the grave in a circle of trees beyond our new garden. It rains lightly. He was a very good boy, I say, and when it's done, and I've cried again, I tell Mike I'm looking for the poetry in this unexpected change in our lives. That'd be some pretty fucked up poetry, Mike says. Even in the worst of times, he can make me laugh. But I feel it, 
There is a certain beauty and rhythm to endings aligning with new beginnings. I remember telling Mike I wanted to do a silent retreat for my 60th birthday. Now I'm having trouble adapting to the sudden quietude. I've heard that silent retreats can be difficult. It's been one week since Ranger left us. He made sure we didn't forget the dog. We never will. That ends my piece, Don't Forget the Dog. I knew I couldn't record it until... A, I found my recording equipment in all the boxes, and B, until I could record it without crying again. (laughs) I remember when we had to say goodbye to Gunter, a beautiful German shepherd I raised from a puppy. Oh my goodness, he was so sweet, so well-trained, and so smart, and he made it to almost nine years old. And I never thought I could really feel that kind of special bond with another animal. But boy, there was something about Ranger. And again, we we rescued him when he was about three and a half. That's what they said. There's just something about rescue dogs, I think, or maybe rescue animals in general. They're just almost more appreciative of you and of the life you're able to give them. And, you know, their payback to you is just so much unconditional love. I mean, I... I, I can still laugh when I think of Mike petting Ranger while Ranger looked longingly at me. <laughs> and Mike would say, really? Really? Who's petting you? Who's giving you all this lovings? <laughs> but yeah, he, he loved me best, which sometimes made me a little sad because sometimes I got frustrated with the extra work involved with having a big dog Now that it's been two whole weeks without him and we're still going back and forth between Leadville and and Salida, I still expect to see him when I get home. And there have been a couple times I've been out shopping thinking, oh, I better get back, (laughs) you know, to let him out. I've done a lot of research lately on gastric torsion. Sometimes they call it a, a flipped stomach. And I know there was nothing we could have done for him. And I'm also really grateful that we were both with him. But let me share this piece of information. If you have a large dog, I looked up breed susceptible to gastric torsion, and sometimes they call it bloat. And this article says deep-chested dogs like Irish setters, Doberman pinchers, standard poodles, bloodhounds, and German shepherds are susceptible to gastric torsion. Giant breeds like Great Danes, St. Bernard's, Newfoundlands, Akitas, and Rottweilers are also prone to this condition. Dogs that experience the condition once may be likely to experience it again in the future. And I think that's probably what happened with Ranger. He probably, the, the previous episodes probably were like an onset, but we didn't recognize it. You can reduce the potential for gastric torsion by feeding more frequently, smaller meals, using a large flat dish or a bowl with a raised center to slow consumption, limiting exercise after eating, and keeping your dog at a healthy weight. This is on a site called Daily Puppy. I just looked up breeds susceptible to gastric torsion. Anyway, take care of your dogs. I know you do love them for as long as you can. Give them the best lives they can lead because their lives are always far shorter than ours. I remember shortly after we got him, I wrote a piece don't get a dog. (laughs) It was a 
satirical piece about, you know, getting, getting a new dog and especially one from a shelter. And, um, yeah, I didn't think I'd be writing. Don't forget the dog this soon after five and a half years actually went by pretty darn fast. Anyway, thank you for listening. Come back next time when I'll talk about something completely different. I'll try to pick a lighter topic next time. And uh, if you know anyone who might enjoy my episodes, please share them with a friend. You can find links and photos in my show notes on my website at leadvillelaurel.com. And until next time, pet your puppy, love your cat, whatever animal you have. And be good to yourself. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.